Yeah, so I guess I've followed this quite traditional um, Oxford-based career path, which you often see people doing. And I think it can be easy to focus on the most recent jump that you've done. So I think it can be easy to get really hung up on the idea that it's the permanent job that's the really essential thing. But I would say that every step along the way is hard and seems like the worst thing you've ever done and is really difficult and nobody who's more senior to you will ever be that sympathetic because when you make the next step up the ladder you'll find that's the worst thing you've ever done as well. But I do really think that actually this step was probably the most essential part in my career development. I think getting a junior research fellowship like Susan's just said was so useful and I think there's a couple of key reasons why. I think that's because it made me develop some independent collaborations and research ideas which has really helped me stand in good stead. Even though it's not a big proposal, forcing yourself to sit down to the desk to write the first ever little research proposal you do is an essential challenge that you've just got to get on with, I think, as soon as possible. I found in Merton particularly the access to the independent funding, so I could get funding to have a summer student who worked in the lab and travel grants and things really, again, helped me go and stand on my own two feet slightly more independently. And although it can be a, a double-edged sword, I had a four-year JRF because I combined that with a 50% tutorial load in college. And, well, no, actually, it was two-thirds. And I actually really, really enjoyed that. That's partly because Tim picks such exemplary, brilliant undergraduate students at Merton, and he's such a fantastic colleague. Um, <laughs> and also, I think, so one of the reasons that I'm... <laughs> one of the reasons I'm quite passionate, I think, about an academic career route, um, perhaps rather than another scientific job, is that I really like the fact that we're supposed to hand on our knowledge. So I think if interacting with undergraduates does something funny to you, there is still room to do science research in institutes. But, you know, don't kill yourself by trying to stick to a university career path because you will have to teach the little darlings. <laughs> and as I've observed in York, they will put their lab script in acid and then hand it in. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you have to feel like that. But so I, I think the reason that I really found all these things so important in my JRF is that I really, um, since arriving at York, I've actually helped out on some interviews for some other young lecturers. And I really felt that there were a lot of parallels with what people were looking for. And I could see how my JRF had helped me with the experience. So really what the university needs me to do is establish my own research group. So I need to start producing high-level, um, well-published science. So that's involving, you know, going out there and collaborating and writing grants and being independent and also having real big picture ideas. I think you are absolutely right. You have to get going with writing research grants and you have to be aware that we don't work in a bubble. So you will probably have people who are working in a similar field somewhere else and it might be that you get scooped. You might have what you think is a really challenging, interesting project and it might just so happen that in three years, somebody's made a fundamental discovery and pulled the rug from under your feet. So I, I find with my colleagues that, you know, it's important that you're, you've got a 
big area of interest and a big area of focus, but that, that doesn't get too narrow too quickly. And I think also the teaching is important, particularly um, like when you think about financials of universities, undergraduate numbers are quite important. So you find that your colleagues need to talk about that. And also I think coming across as quite a nice person helps. You know, scientists can be weird. <laughs> in my <laughs> so, so because I only just started in October, I have to say that the first two weeks were depressingly boring as I, I got lost, uh, especially having been in Oxford so long. I was just confused about not being in Oxford. Um, and I didn't have access to any buildings. And I found that really frustrating and it was hard. And it's one of the things where I can see why it's off-putting to to try new institutes and, and there are some very simple but annoying barriers to moving and so I, I'm really glad I got on and did it. Don't get institutionalised even though it can be easy. But those things do pass and since then, um, before Christmas, I've um, submitted two grants. They weren't very big but I've, I've got off the ground doing that. I've had to learn about being responsible for safety, um, PhD student recruitment and doing this horrible thing called, I mean, it's just, it's a horrible word, Jenny, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of HR words are horrible, but um, <laughs> actually it's really, aren't they? It's really nice going and talking to all your colleagues, and you know, I've, so I've been around the biology department, and York is really near to Sheffield and Leeds, so I've been able to get out there and start making um, a proper, proper lot of links to set myself up. And then um, more recently, um, my list, of my to-do list seems to be dominated by doing lots of starting up with some teaching. So I'm lucky. My role is the first three years are very minimal teaching. So I've just volunteered for teaching jobs that let me recruit the equivalent of the part two students who are going to be the best for working in my lab. So I'm running a third year mini project with some students, um, which has been challenging to get going. Um, learning silly things that you don't think will be difficult, but the fact that the stores man in chemistry in York has a very particular personality and might not always order your equipment unless you've sent him exactly the right email in exactly the right way. And all those practical things are time consuming and challenging and all right, actually, really good fun eventually. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess to summarise, I think at the moment I'm finding my job challenging. I'm finding it very tiring. There's no time where I feel I can leave the lab. Um, it causes me horrific guilt because I actually sometimes fear my email inbox because I am the parking group encompassing the postdoc, the lab technician, the PhD student, the PI. So whatever I'm not doing, I know is not getting done. But, you know, you just have to learn to embrace that because at the end of the day, I'm finding it really good fun. It's, it's difficult, but it's worthwhile. It's, you know, I really feel that my research ideas are important and are going to lead to some big discoveries and that no one else in the world would be as good at it as I am. Um, so, yeah, just uh, there'll be a lot of similarities here, I guess, in our tips. I am a, I am a professional procrastinator. 
mainly because I really like lab work. I really, really like being in the lab still. So I can go and fiddle. I do electrochemistry. So I can go and fiddle with an electrochemical experiment and days can pass before I realise that, you know, time has gone on. Um, just don't let it worry you. If you're a procrastinator like me, just embrace it. But realise that ultimately you have to be in it to win it. So I, I eventually just had to hit myself over the head and realise that I was letting my fear of failure in job applications perhaps stop me from putting in job applications. But then I was just fearing not getting the job, which I was never going to do if I didn't apply for it in the first place, which is such startling common sense. I couldn't believe it took me a PhD in chemistry to you know, come to that conclusion. Secondly, having um, been to some interviews and, and realised that I was up against some other really good candidates, what I realised in York is that just, it was just that the shoe doesn't always fit. So I got the job in York because I'm amazing and brilliant and all, all the other things, but also partly because they didn't have an electrochemist in the chemistry department. So they had an Allison-shaped hole, which I didn't realise, and I came along and filled it. I was up against a really, really good young mass spectroscopist who has gone on to get a job in Edinburgh. I was up against a really good organic chemist who has gone on to get a job in Bristol. So don't think that if you don't get some of the stuff that you apply for, it's because you're not very good. It's just that there was probably a hidden list of criteria which you couldn't do anything to make yourself fit. It's just, I think, one of the ways that it is. Um, this is exactly as we've heard before. I think you've got to make the most of your academic supervisor um, and also contacts you can have. Like, so Tim has written me a lot of reference letters. I worked in the lab of Fraser Armstrong. Fraser's written me a lot of reference letters. That's a very simple fact, but something to probably bear in mind when you know it's Friday, it's 7 o'clock, your experiments haven't worked all week and you really just want to blame somebody and you know, you're midway through a rant that your supervisor might walk in on. You know, that relationship is very important. As well as them needing you to do the experiments, you need them to support you. And they can do that. So so don't let that break down. Try and I think, or if it's if the supervisor isn't there for you, try and find people who can be. So you know that there will be equivalent people around the department who can help. Um, and also, I think it's really important to keep a sense of perspective and humour when you're applying for jobs. So I always used to tell my lab group that if it all went wrong, I was definitely going to work in Topshop. <laughs> and um, then as I got older, I was going to downgrade that to Dorothy Perkins, so I would still fit in. And I, <laughs> I think it's really, really important to do that. So, so one of the things that kept me sane was realising that I had lots and lots of friends who'd also done scientific degrees, but had gone on to be very, very happy doing other things. And I have to say, I th like I said at the start, I thought it was hard getting a job. I'm now finding doing that job is infinitely more challenging, equally worthwhile, but infinitely more challenging. So you know, if you really keep on looking and things aren't suiting you, just see if there's a different way to twist it around. If perhaps you're not ready for a lectureship, but you could do another postdoc, or you could do a postdoctoral fellowship. I think there's lots of options out there. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you very much.